Old Testament reading, if you would turn to Exodus 13. Exodus chapter 13, verse 1. Let us hear now the inerrant, infallible, and inspired word of God. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Sanctify unto me all the firstborn, whatsoever openeth the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of beast, it is mine. And Moses said unto the people, Remember this day in which ye came out from Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by strength of hand the Lord brought you out from this place. There shall no leavened bread be eaten. This day came ye out in the month Abib, and it shall be when the land shall bring, uh, when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, which he swear unto thy fathers to give thee a land flowing with milk and honey that thou shalt keep this service in this month. Seven days thou shalt eat unleavened bread, and in the seventh day shall be a feast to the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days, and there shall no leavened bread be seen with thee, neither shall there be leaven seen, seen with thee in all thy quarters. And thou shalt show thy son in that day, saying, This is done, because of that which the Lord did unto me when I came forth out of Egypt. And it shall be for a sign unto thee upon thine, ha thine hand, and for a memorial between thine eyes, that the Lord's law may be in thy mouth. For with a strong hand hath the Lord brought thee out of Egypt. This shalt therefore, uh, thou shalt therefore keep this ordinance in his season from year to year. And it shall be when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanites, as he swear unto thee, and to thy fathers, and shall give it thee, that thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that openeth the matrix, and every firstling that cometh of a beast which thou hast, the males shall be the Lord's. And every firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb, and if thou shalt wilt not redeem it, then thou shalt break his neck, and all the firstborn of man among thy children shalt thou redeem. And it shall be when thy son asketh thee in the time to come, saying, What is this? That thou shalt say unto him, By strength of hand the Lord brought us out, of, out from Egypt, from the house of bondage. And it came to pass, when Pharaoh would hardly let us go, that the Lord slew all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beasts. Therefore I sacrifice to the Lord all that openeth the matrix, being males, but all the firstborn of my children I redeem. And it shall be for a token upon thine hand, and for frontlets between thine eyes, for by strength of hand, the Lord brought us forth out of Egypt. And it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. 
For God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war, and they return to Egypt. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For he had straightly sworn the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry up my bones away hence with you. And they took their journey from Sukkoth, and encamped in Etham, in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud, to lead them in the way, and by night in, the pillar, in a pillar of fire, to give them light, to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of, the, of fire by night from before the people. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy word. <clears throat> so in the first section, verses 1 through 16, the Lord gives the ordinance of the firstborn. He asserts his rights over all of the firstborn of Israel, from the firstborn of man to the firstborn of beasts. The command is instituted for the purpose of remembrance, so that Israel would never forget that they, as the Lord's firstborn son, which we read in Exodus 4, and as the church of the firstborn ones, in Hebrews 12, they were preserved by God in a distinguishing act, of grace that they were separated from the plague that harmed the Egyptians and were brought out of Egypt by his mighty hand. They this this sanctifying and consecrating of the firstborn was to be for them a sign that not only the firstborn but all that come after the firstborn are the Lord's possessions. We think of the firstborn as the strength Right, that comes forth. It's the strength of the next generation. But it's not just in the strength. It's in everything that comes out of it. Just like we have in the tithe, that we give a tenth to witness to the fact that the Lord owns it all. We see that all the ceremonies and ordinances given in this first section were the purpose, for the purpose of identifying Israel with the deliverance of God from the bondage and to set a hedge about them so that they would be reminded that they are his possession and should walk accordingly. Just in the same way that we also remember that we are the Lord's. That we have been redeemed by the blood of Christ and so we are his. This is, again, those elements of the world that we read about in Galatians chapter 4, that in this tactile service, there's something higher, spiritual, that is to be communicated. They are commanded to remember this day in which they came out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by strength of hand, the Lord brought you out of this place. And so everything that they were to do was to be ordered according to that identity. What was the first month of the year? The month of Beeb, the month that they were brought out of the land of Egypt. They are to keep the memorial service of the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread from year to year. We note as well that over the course of the history of Israel, when they forgot the Lord, 
typically one of the things to go was the Passover. And it had to keep being reinstituted over and over again after their apostasy. Third, they were to take every opportunity to train their children in the word and ways of the Lord. To catechize their children and to make sure that they had a ready answer to provide to their children when they were asked. We talk about the fact that it is not only we ourselves, but also our children are a part of that. And so while they may not be actually uh, physically doing the ordinance, they are there with the family, participating in the actions of the family toward their God. Fourth, in everything that they do, everything that they aim at, and everything that they speak, ought to have reference to the great deliverance of the Lord. Notice that what it says, it shall be a binding upon your hand as frontlets between thine eyes, and so forth. Right? That it is to govern every action that they take in the day. And finally, they are to bear witness in that they, are, uh, that they were all the particular uh, possession of the Lord by setting apart and sanctifying all that opened the matrix all of the firstborn of man and beast, so that they would see in the strength of each successive generation that all of them were the Lord's. The firstborn of uh, uh, males of men were to be redeemed with a sacrifice of a clean animal. The firstborn of clean animals were to be sacrificed themselves, and the firstborn of any unclean animal were to be redeemed with a sacrifice of a clean animal, or they were to be killed. All right, so as we move then into section 2 from verses 17 through 22, we have the, uh, the great care that the Lord had over his people in bringing them out of the land of Egypt. First, we note that the Lord did not give them the most direct course into the land of Canaan. If you were to look at a map, Egypt's down here. There's a Mediterranean Sea that kind of curves upward. Canaan land is over here. They would... If they were to take the direct route, though it was near, they would have passed right through the land of the Philistines, and the Lord knew by having them pass through the land of the Philistines, there would be war. The Lord understands our frame and our infirmity, that we are but dust. He knew that bringing the people out of bondage in Egypt and so very soon bringing them into the midst of war, they would have desired to repent and return back to Egypt thinking that bondage is better than pressing forward under the Lord's banner. While it would not have been a burden to the Lord to deliver them from the hand of the Philistines, as they will see in their wilderness wanderings, that he over and over and over again is there caring and helping them. They knew that, um, that they had not yet come to a, a full knowledge. They were still, as it were, childlike, prone to fear and prone to uh, to collapse under the afflictions that we will see in later chapters. So, what does the Lord do? As a man newly married to his wife does not immediately go out to war, he brings them into the wilderness, cuts off everything else 
that they could rely on but him and allows them to experience his excellency, his power, his faithfulness, and his goodness in that year-long time period before they were brought to Kadesh Barnea. To draw the point from our last reading, as a church under age, the Lord understood their frame and cared for them just as he does us. Second, we see the faithfulness of God and of Moses to that faithful servant, Joseph. In accordance with Joseph's earnest desire uh, to be buried with his fathers in the land of promise, the people of Israel took up his bones and brought them along the way. And what the text tells us here is to remember that testimony of Joseph at the end of his life, which we see again in Genesis 50, that He declared unto both the Egyptians and to the Israelites that God will surely visit you and will bring you up out of this land into that land which you will possess that was promised to your fathers. And this was a testimony not only to the Egyptians but most especially to the Israelites that over the course of their slavery in Egypt, no matter how bad things got, they had a sure word, a promise of God that he would return and he would bring them out. And so what they ought to have done, and I believe this is a testimony to what a lot of the faithful Israelites, including Moses, did, is they held on to that promise like their father Abraham, and though that was but one sentence, they would not let it go. So that through all that time in in slavery to Egypt, they could look and trust that the Lord was going to deliver them. To take use of our day, it's... When we look at our generation, it looks pretty bad, looks pretty bleak. And yet, we know that the Lord has not lost control, just as he did not lose control when the children of Israel were in Egypt. And his promises are not in jeopardy of failing in the least. The Lord will accomplish all his purposes in heaven and earth, and so let us cry out to him in faith and in hope. The scripture also in bringing the bones of of Joseph out of the land of Egypt and bringing them into that possession of the land of Canaan was also a witness to the forefathers' faith in the resurrection. What would it matter if that was the end of Joseph? So then finally we have the Lord's care in leading them by the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. For the sake of their faith, He provided a constant, visible manifestation of himself in order to lead them, guide them, and to show them that he was constantly present among them. Brethren, things haven't changed today. He was a pillar of cloud by day to protect them from the heat of the sun, to, as it were, provide consolation for their affliction while wandering in the wilderness, and also to be that sure guide so that when the Lord went up from the tabernacle, as we'll see later, and moved, so did all the people with him, and a pillar by fire at night to provide light and warmth when otherwise things would be pitch black. In the same way today, while we are not visibly, uh, God is not visibly manifest before us, we cannot see Christ today. Yet, His presence is not gone. 
He is still leading and guiding his church. He still provides care and concern over his church. He provides leadership, guidance, protection, and he is uh, present in and with his people while they walk through this world as pilgrims. So we must follow where he will take us by his word and spirit. Thus ends the reading of Exodus 13.